Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Hello family. It's once again a wonderful privilege to be able to come to you and for us to meet on this platform during this time. Uh, before we continue, I just want to uh, draw your attention and remind you of one of the announcements that we're up, and that's the Rebuild Conference. It's coming up at the end of the month. It's going to be on the Saturday evening through to the Sunday morning and the Sunday evening, and that will be on the dates of May the 30th and the 31st. I really want to encourage you to join us online. Uh, make it something where you can sit together with a few people People and share the experience. We're going to be uh, uh, joining into a conference that's actually a regional conference together with our spiritual family in Southern Africa and maybe perhaps even around the world. Speakers like Pastor Steve Morrow will be there and even yours truly will have a message to share there. So it will be great for you guys to join us there. And uh, yeah, before we continue, I'd just like to pray for us uh, before we start. Father, I thank you, Lord, that uh, in this time, your Holy Spirit is the unifier. And wherever we are as a spiritual family, as a church, I thank you, God, that you draw our hearts together as we sit under your word, ready to be taught by your Holy Spirit. Father, transform our hearts for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So today we're starting, or we're continuing rather, with our uh, series that Pastor Yoma started last week called The Big Reset. And uh, it is really a time where many people have been at home. They've had opportunity to relook at some of the things that they've been busy with and relook at their priorities. And so today my message is going to be the second week, the second installment of the series. And uh, we're going to be looking at holistic personhood, looking at your vision, your purpose, your goals, your health, and also renewing your priorities and reshuffling your priorities. Last week, Pastor Yoma preached a, a powerful message about the importance of returning to God and prioritizing your relationship with Jesus. And it's so important, if you've missed that message, please go back and catch up. Make sure that you make time to get that into your spirit so that we can mature. And so I'd like us to start this morning looking at the first principle of what we need to do in this time. You know, whenever we have a transition period, people always have a propensity to either go forward or go backwards. And you have to make a deliberate decision that you are going to move forward. I'm reminded of the time when the Israelites came out of Egypt and they were faced by the Red Sea right in front of them, and the Egyptians were pursuing them. And the Bible says that the people started to complain and to cry and to weep. And they were crying to Moses, and Moses turned in prayer to God and said, Oh God, can you see the situation? And, and God said to Moses, Why are you crying to me? Take the rod in your, in your hand and divide the, put it over the ocean and divide the ocean and tell the people to move forward. And that's really the word that we want to bring to you. Let's move forward, but let's move forward in the things of God. Let's move forward on the principles and on the values of God. So firstly, the first and foremost thing that we must do is confirm your calling. Make sure that you are saved. Look at the person next to you, wherever you are, if you're alone, just talk to yourself and ask yourself, do I know for sure that if Jesus comes today, 
that I will be among those who will hear the voice of the Father saying, I know you. I want us to read here in 2 Peter chapter 1 from verse 3 through to 11. It says, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and to godliness. So God has not only called us into a certain life, but he's empowered us by his divine power in life and in godliness. And it says, through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, partakers of the God life, participating in the life of Christ, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desires or because of lusts. For this very reason, verse 5, make every effort to supplement or to add to your faith Virtue, and with virtue, knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and or perseverance, and perseverance with godliness, or piety, or good works, godliness, and with godliness, brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. And it says in verse 8, if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they will keep you from being ineffective and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers... Be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For, it, for if you practice these qualities, you will never fail. Verse 11. For in this way, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so it is so critical that you make your calling and election sure. The worst thing that you want is to have a rude awakening when you had an opportunity to actually make sure that everything is in place. You know, imagine you're traveling, and I know it's an analogy that might be foreign to us at the moment because no one's allowed to, but imagine packing everything, making your way all the way to the airport and forgetting your ticket or forgetting your passport Behind, and you've seen people in the in the alleyways of the passport asking, "One, I, I thought you put it in the bag. Where, where? No, you had it." And that kind of scuffling and that kind of debate you don't want in your life. You want to make sure that your life with the Lord is sure and established. And secondly, you gotta establish yourself in spiritual maturity. Spiritual maturity. Let's go here to Ephesians chapter four. Verse 13, it says, and the previous verses talk about how God has given the the fivefold ministry in order to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And then verse 13 says, till we all come to the unity of the faith 
and to the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect or a mature man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Verse 14, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the slate of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that every joint, that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase in the body unto the edifying of itself in love. And so God's heart and God's desire is not for you to remain a spiritual baby. God's heart is for you to mature. And the, the aim that you should have is Christ-likeness in this life. The Bible says that as Jesus is, so are we already in this world. That is our spiritual man. Our spirit man is identical to Jesus. But our natural man must line up. And the word of God says that the equipping of the saints takes place so that we can come to that place of maturity where we are stable and strong and established in the truth so that every kind of latest doctrine that comes into the church doesn't move us. And this is important. Last week, Paseoma touched a little bit on this. It is so important that you realize that there will be a splitting, a separation between those who follow God and those who used to claim or pretended to be following God and no longer do. There is coming a sifting in the body of Christ where those who don't, don't really commit to the things of God will fall away. Those who have decided to follow after the world will go after the world. And those who have decided to follow Jesus will follow Jesus despite whatever persecution they might face. And so number two, it's so important that you be established in spiritual maturity. And what does spiritual maturity look like in its essence? It's not just those who can quote all the scriptures, those who go to church at all the services. I was there 8.30, I was there 10.30, I was there even in the 6 o'clock, I was there in the intercession, I was there in all the services. It's not about that. The key for spiritual maturity is your love factor. What does your life look like? Because God is love. If you don't have love, you don't know God in any way. 1 Corinthians 13 starts off by saying, if I have the gifts that can move mountains, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, if I can interpret all sorts of things and mysteries, but I have not love, it counts me nothing. It's, it's like I'm a noisy gong, a noisy symbol. And in verse 10, it says, but when completeness or maturity comes... What is in part will disappear. It says we prophesy in part, we do this in part, but what is partial will pass away when completeness comes. It says then, verse 11, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. Many people reasoning through their sin issues. Oh, is it wrong to do this? Or oh, is it right to do this? Reasoning like spiritual children. There comes a time when your reasoning begins to mature and you begin to think God's, God's thoughts and you begin to apply your life in the way that Jesus would have. And then it says, when I became a man, I put 
the ways of childhood behind me. When I became a mature person, I put the things of childhood behind me. But you don't grow in maturity just by desiring it. That's a start, definitely. But the way that you grow in maturity is by allowing the Word of God to transform you from the inside out, starting with your mind. The Word of God says in Romans 12, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve God's will, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. And so then thirdly, we need to be productive or fruitful. So firstly, make your calling and election sure. Make sure that you are not one of the one of the wolves among the sheep, one of the goats among the sheep. Make sure of that. Allow the Spirit of God to search your heart and to establish you in the place to say, no, I'm testifying to you that you're a child of God. And then, number two, we need to move on to maturity. We need to grow up in the things of God. And this is an opportunity to do that while we're resetting. And then number three, let's be productive and let's be fruitful. You know, it's amazing that no manufacturer produces something without a purpose. And mankind's purpose was to glorify God. This is why we exist to glorify God. Everything about us tells the whole universe and the the whole spirit realm and the natural realm about who God is. And we must be those who bring forth the fruit of what God deposited in our lives from when we started walking with him. We're looking here at 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14 and 15. It says, And do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the eldership, or yes, of the eldership. And verse 15, meditate on these things, give yourself entirely to them, that your progress may be evident to all. So it is possible that people can look at your life and see you moving from one exploit to another, moving from one breakthrough to another. Even in the times when you've got difficulties and hardships, they will see you surmounting even the mountains, and that will testify about the grace of God that is working inside of you, and it will also testify about your devotion, that you're giving yourself completely to the things of God, so that your progress may be evident to all evident to all. And it is God's desire that your light must shine. Your light must shine. And and this is sometimes the question that comes in our minds and our hearts. And we say, is there anything good in me? Is there anything good in me? I've never, uh, I'm not like brother so-and-so. I'm not like sister so-and-so. I'm not like that guy. I'm not talented like this or that. God has given to every one of us, every one of us, a sense of destiny and purpose, and giftings inside of us that reflect that. Every single one of us. We wouldn't exist if it was not aligned with God's purpose. God starts with the end in mind. He is the one that calls those things which are not as though they are. He starts with the end in mind. He sees your life. He plans it out, and then he brings you onto the scene. 
And so it's God's heart for you to be productive, to be fruitful. The first thing that he said to Adam and Eve in in the commands that he gave them, he said, he blessed them and he said to them, be fruitful and multiply, have dominion, fulfill, fulfill the destiny that is inside of you. Don't let anything cause you to hesitate or step back. Even as we're coming out of lockdown, break out of the walls of your limitations. Previously, all the fears that used to hold you back, we might not have much time. Do whatever it is that God is putting in your heart. Go out, launch out into the purpose that God has placed in your heart. Fulfill the destiny. Be productive. Be fruitful. Colossians chapter 1 verse 9 says, For this reason also, since the day we heard it, we do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and understanding, spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, of the calling of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Hallelujah. This is so awesome. It means that regardless of the plan that your parents had for you, regardless of the plan that your spouse had for you or that your children had for you or your boss had for you, regardless of that plan, God has a destiny and a plan for your life. And he wants you to live it out. It is pleasing to God when you step out, when you begin to fulfill the destiny on your life, when you begin to pursue God and say, Lord, This is where I want to surrender my life to you and use me wherever you would. And that would begin to be, to cause you to be fruitful in every good work. Hallelujah. The word of God says that we are God's masterpiece. We are his workmanship created in Christ for good works, which were prepared even before the foundations of the world. Before the earth was made, God looked into the future and he saw your life and he said that this person will be assigned for this purpose and he is fully 100% behind you for you to fulfill that. It is to his glory, it is to his pleasure, it it is his desire that you shine in the creation that he created. This is awesome. And I want to speak to some of you that have laid your dreams down because of discouragement, because of fear, because of failure, because of uh, disappointment. It doesn't matter what comes against you. You are still the one God created with that dream. There is no one like you. There is no one with the grace and the giftings upon your life. There is no one with your fingerprint. You are unique because God had a destiny and a plan for you. As you establish yourself in your calling and making sure that your election is established, that I am in Christ, I'm a child of God, I'm not going anywhere, it doesn't matter what may come. And as you begin to set yourself on a program, that matures you as you add to your faith all the virtue and knowledge and passion and everything. You begin to grow. You begin to serve with your life. uh, People begin to see the light of Christ in you. And after that, you begin to be productive and fruitful. You know, I've, I've started planting trees in my backyard. And for the first time this year, a small plant like this that was planted last year, a guava tree, was bearing guava trees about the size of my hand. Oh, Very sweet, very red, (laughs) very wonderful. I didn't have to do much. All I had to do is 
put the fertilizer and protect it from all sorts of onslaughts like dogs and water it. And when the time came, the fruit was there. And the word of God tells us that we are like a tree. The man, Philip was sharing this at the devotion, Psalm 1, the man who meditates in the word of God day and night is like a tree planted by the waters. He bears fruit in season. His leaves do not wither and whatever he does prospers. Everyone can be fruitful in their life with God. Even if on your way to fruitfulness, you've got challenges, you've got opposition, you've got disappointments, you've got setbacks, stand up and keep on going. Stand up and continue to pursue. You were born to do this. You got to talk to yourself and say, I was born to do this. It doesn't matter who says what. It doesn't matter who doesn't like it. I was born to do this. God is backing me. If God is for me, who can be against me? If it is God that ushered me into this place, no one can force me out. No devil or deacon can force me out because God's plans and purposes, if we agree with them, will always come to pass in our lives. And then in our lives. And then number four, shine your light. Shine your light. Shine your light light. Shine your light. Don't dim it. Don't be afraid to laugh loud. Don't be afraid to, to be who God has made you. Don't, be, don't hide. Obviously, be polite and be respectful, but be who God has made you to be. Don't be a, a, a cheap copy. Be a, 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 a rich original. Be an original. God made you an original. And that original is, is from the root of Jesus. He is the vine. We are the branches. We are the ones that bear the fruit. But shine your light. Shine your light. I want to read for us here Isaiah chapter 60. It says, Arise and shine, for your light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people, but the Lord shall arise upon you and his glory shall be seen upon you. And verse 3 says, and the Gentiles, those who don't know God, will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising, of your dawning. Hallelujah. This is our destiny. Our destiny is significance in the cosmos. (laughs) In the worlds that God has made, we are highly esteemed. He made us to sit together with Christ. He made us to rule and reign together with Christ. He's made us his bride. He's made us his children. He's made us every significant relationship that we have. God has made us that. And we should be unafraid. I want to speak to those who are listening. You are covered in fear. You are covered in shame. Because the enemy has managed to lie to you over the years concerning all sorts of failures that you've gone through in the past. The blood of Jesus makes everything beautiful. The blood of Jesus washes away every stain. Every stain. Every curse removed by the blood of Jesus and therefore you can begin to shine. The word of God says that those who look to Yahweh, those who come to God, their faces are radiant. Those who trust in the Lord, they shine. 
day shine. It doesn't matter whether the world is full of darkness and doubt, whether the world is full of concerns about their future and their money and their jobs and their families. We are radiant and shining because of the light of God that has come into our lives. And it builds up, you know, it, it builds up. You can only shine your light. You can only begin to shine your light if you have been fruitful and productive. You can only be fruitful and productive if you mature. Imagine, even in the context of marriage, you know, you cannot be fruitful in marriage if you are not mature. You know what I'm saying? So therefore, I know there are children watching, so I don't want to explain too much biology, but maturity precedes fruitfulness. And if we're going to mature, we're going to have to first know that we are saved. Many people, this week, they come to the altar call and say, okay, I'm giving my life to Christ. Then next week again, born again, again. Then the following week when a new visiting minister comes, then they come just to make sure if I really, really got saved. That's not how it works. The Word of God says that the Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are the sons of God. There is something that happens on the inside when you are alone, when you are spending time with your Heavenly Father, that He tells you, you are my child. And if you don't have that witness, make sure today, kneel down. I remember when I first gave my heart to the Lord, I was in grade four. After someone preached the gospel to me, I went in my room, I closed the door, my sisters were watching television, I opened the windows, I looked into heaven, I kneeled, and I said, Lord, come into my heart, be the Lord of my life, and I gave my whole life to Jesus. And so, it is critical that you establish that in your life. Make it certain. Once you have that calling and election, sure, then you move to maturity. Once you move to maturity, then you begin to bear fruit. You begin to be productive. After you've been productive, then you are shining, shining, and nations come to eat of the fruit of your life. And so I want to encourage us in this time, reset. Maybe over the past few weeks, it's just been about catching up on all sorts of series and all sorts of things have happened that you are not proud of. Reset. Go to God and say, Lord, can we start over and begin to place these steps in? Go back like Pasayoma was preaching. Go back to God. Establish yourself in godliness. And out of those roots, begin to grow. And we are in a community of spiritual family. Be in a connect group. Establish yourself. Sit with those who are wise and you will become wise. Sit with those who are fruitful and you will become fruitful. Uh, Join the prayer meetings. Whenever we put something out online, it's not just because we have got nothing else to do. It's because we feel that this is going to spur you on in your growth and fruitfulness and shining in the kingdom of God. You need to know that God has a great purpose for each one of you. And we love you guys so much. We love you so much and we rejoice when we see you fruitful and living your lives for God. And so I want to pray for us today. Uh, I want to ask you, if you're not sure, let's just pray right now. I want to pray with those who are not sure that they are saved to make your calling and election sure. Just put your hand on your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I don't know everything. Just pray after me. And say, but one thing I know is that you died on the cross for me. And you said that anyone who comes to you 
you will by no means reject. Today I believe that you are the Son of God, that you died on the cross for me, and you were raised on the third day for me, and you ascended into heaven. Lord, be established in my heart and life once and for all. I will never turn back again in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And then I want to pray for those who have been going forward and backward, forward and backward, forward and backward. You know, sometimes you do feel like your walk with God is an up and down. But from God's eye view, He looks at your faith. Keep your faith constant. Even though you're stumbling, keep your eye on Jesus. Let's pray together if that's you. Say, Lord Jesus, I have not saved myself and I don't have to perfect myself. You sent your Holy Spirit. You sent your word. Allow them to come and transform me from the inside out. I put my faith in you. You are the author and the perfecter of my faith. Establish me in Jesus' name. And I want to pray lastly for those who are hesitant to shine. You are shining, but you covered yourself with a blanket to be polite or humble or whatever. Shine. <laughs> we pray that the Lord will uncover. There are platforms coming, and I prophesy this to you. There are platforms coming of people that used to be in obscurity who are going to come to prominence. And God is going to take you from a behind where you were taking care of sheep and make you kings and princes because this is a season where the Spirit of God is raising up His church for the last harvest. And so, Father, I pray for those who have been hiding in the, in the, in the country side thinking that God has just called them for that. I pray for grace and I pray for boldness and I pray that the voice of the Spirit will be speaking in their hearts and in their rooms and in their homes. I pray even for young people. I see young people rising up in schools. I pray, Lord, that they will rise up and step out, Lord, and begin to shine, shine in the dark world for Jesus, that they'll speak, that they'll be speakers of truth, speakers of life, and that they'll bring life eternal to those who don't know Jesus. And so, Father, I thank you for this wonderful time that we could share together. I pray, Lord, that your word will not return void. Establish it in our hearts and let us show fruit of what you have done this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray a blessing over your people. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. And we'll see you soon. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.